Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Outer Sanctum is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that this land was never ceded. The Simpsons. Springfield, Springfield, it's a hell of a town. Welcome to the Outer Sanctum for another week. Company is coming and Brie Brock, boss of the Lions, is frantically preparing Springfield for her guests. I imagine she's borrowing chairs and calling up and saying, can I have a cup of sugar? Because we ain't got no sugar in these cupboards yet. The D's will make the journey to Brisbane's new home for season seven's grand final. Will the Brisbane players carry each other over the threshold or will they cut a ribbon as they enter the stadium? My name is Emma Race and here to answer all of my ridiculous questions and more are my football-loving sanctum sisters. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hello, I'm Rana Hussain. And hello, I'm Nicole Hayes. Hello, my darlings. We are so <laughs> close to the end of a very, very long season. We started back almost 60 episodes ago. <laughs> Three seasons in one year is like the four seasons in one day that Melbourne's been giving us today. I just want to acknowledge before we kick into today's proceedings and our happy chat about finals that since we last potted, we learnt of the death of Heather Anderson, who shone in her bright pink helmet for the Crows. We all send our deepest condolences to Heather's family and friends, including, of course, her teammates who paid tribute to her on the weekend as they took to the field. And a reminder for all who are listening that the number for Lifeline is 13, 11, 14. Unthinkably difficult for the Crows to play against Brisbane on Friday night. As always, they were gallant, but it was Brisbane who were probably always going to be a tough ask. Nicole, you have been on this Brisbane team since day dot. Are you feeling very (laughs) smug? (laughs) I am, although I have to say it was really tough, wasn't it? There were a lot of us who kind of would have loved to see um, that emotional win, that kind of um, tribute uh, win that could have, the Crows were, you know, definitely in the in the hunt for that. I do think, and the thing about finals is it can come down to the emotion of the moment. And so uh, while Brisbane clearly were the favourites going into that match, um, you know, I was ready for anything. But once again, those Lions forwards, they, they're my highlight for well, for the season, really, they're just unstoppable. What, what I love about watching Brisbane is they do everything around the ground. They've got strong defensive game. They have a really widespread. Their accuracy is great, but they're really good in front of goal and especially at pressure moments. Mm-hmm. They actually average seven goals five. Now, the Demons pipped them. For the, that's for the whole season. The Demons pipped them at seven goals once for accuracy. But, you know, if you factor in travel and all the extra, you know, away games that they had to deal with um, and the fact that they're spread, like they, they kick goals from all different positions and lots of different players, 
it's just such an impressive record and it is, you know, it's the, the Dakota Davisons, the Courtney Hodders and, of course, the incredible Jesse Wardlaw that stepped up yet again with two goals each. Just so hard to get past them but, you know, what aren't they fun to watch? They're so fun to watch. It was Wardlaw and um, Hodders' goals that really broke open mm. the game, I think, for Brisbane, even though it did look like they were pretty dominant the whole time. For me, Bree Conan was just BOG, of course, a defender, and so important against that Adelaide side because they do also know how to find the goals, and they're just so impressive. It was it's a pretty brutal game, but Hatchard is for me had the Crows. Uh, you know, not carrying the crows on her back because there's too many superstars in that game and I expect that we'll see the All-Australian team picked at it to be made up mostly of Adelaide and Brisbane. It's superstars across every line. Rana, what were your highlights from that game? Well, I mean, all of the above really. I, I love watching Courtney Hodder play and not just because she's kind of fun to watch and kicks goals, but her one percenters are amazing as well. And and often you just see her kind of turn up and kick a goal, but she's done so much work before that to kind of run and put pressure on. And I love to watch her because of that, actually. Um, and she always, I just kind of try and keep my eyes on her to see all of that hard work. So she was probably my highlight. But Nicole, I want to ask you, at the beginning of the season, when you said the Brisbane Lions are going to be there, I mean, it wasn't like an outrageous claim, like they're, they're an amazing side. But have they played the way you thought they would? Like, has it all unfolded as you suspected? Because you did make the call pretty early. No. I mean, honestly, their best football's ahead of them. Like, when they are at their best, I think they're unstoppable, but they haven't been super consistent across the season. So um, it's been enough for them to obviously finish on top and was enough on the weekend. But I think I think there's more in store. I think, you know, as I said, they've they've had some really tough gigs over the last couple of years. And I, I do feel like they're, you know, their legs are a little tired. But, you know, once they get a clean break, a full season without all the different interruptions we've had over the last couple of years, you know, watch out. It's going to be tough to catch them at all. Do you both think that the Ds are the only team that can bring it to them on grand final day? Or were you in the camp thinking that it was maybe North and their pressure and their ability to, you know, bear down on people and keep the ball out of the 50 that was perhaps going to be the better matchup. I think the Demons are definitely the best contender and this is going to this is the best grand final as far as I'm concerned for like the fan point of view to watch. You've got, you know, you've got a Victorian side and and the and this incredible Brisbane side. Um but really the two best teams. I think probably their their record doesn't reflect like in terms of who they went third fourth fifth weren't that far behind them but I think in terms of on the ground their consistency their just their ability to move the ball around they're really both teams are really exciting to watch and I, I think the D the D's are in with a good chance I, I'm not writing them off by a mile the percentage at the end of um, the home and away season was of course just a bees willy between mm. the Brisbane and Literally. the D's. So mm. it will be interesting to see. But mm. I was surprised. I thought when we looked at the D's, I'm moving on to the next game because mm. it's hard to have this conversation without bringing this in. But I was surprised on the weekend. I thought the D's would really dominate North and North really brought it. I know that there was squally wind. It was a weird weather event that was happening. But I thought that the D's were challenged in, in a way that I hadn't quite expected them to be. And they lost, I thought they lost a bit of composure. Did you think that, Rana? Yeah, and when you asked that question before, that's exactly where my mind went because I thought before the game on 
Saturday. I would have said, yep, Dees will be the team to take it to Brisbane. But after that game, and I hope none of them are listening, but after that game, (laughs) I was a bit like, oh, that didn't look like the Dees that I'm used to. I think a few times we all said, oh, I'm a bit worried here. Taylor's injury as well, I'm nervous about. So mm. I don't so know. She, well, she came back on and then took mm. an amazing grab overhead, <laughs> which looked like it would have really tested her shoulder. So I, I really believe her when she said she's going to be right. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad you said that because I'm, I mean. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. <laughs> but I'm also we a very We need Lucy neg- for that. <laughs> we do need Lucy. I'm a very negative Melbourne supporter. Oh, unlike other way. Melbourne supporters. So I just positive. saw that and went, oh, God, oh, no. They've got the emotional reasons, like they've got the kind of momentum behind them in that way. There's a lot to play for. So I'd love to see it happen, but I'm nervous, nervous as hell. I almost I think it's I almost think it's good that they had that sort of wobbly start against North Melbourne because I think it – will fire them up. Like they, I'm sure they're not happy with their performance. It was kind of like what we were doing. We're standing there, we, you know, we brought with our rain and our, sorry, our umbrellas and our rain jackets and all the rest. It was like (laughs) everyone was waiting for the weather to change. And I think the players kind of were too, because that wind was crazy. It was pushing down one end, but definitely across the the ground and it kept moving, which didn't help at all. So you watch the ball just stop midair almost sometimes. And, um, you know, I don't think they played well to those conditions. They kept kicking high when it was clear they were going to lose control of the ball that was a bit frustrating so they definitely lost some composure but I think that'll be a really good grounding for them for next week because they will not do that twice in a row and I think it might have been Lucy Race that said this at the game but it was good to see them be tested and still stand up against that and actually pull through and not drop their heads so that was really heartening to see and I hope because they will be so tested on the weekend hoping they stick that it was fun to see Daisy Pierce, of course, kick the um, sealer in really trying circumstances and managed to get kind of a bit of space. Not There was not many people who could get space. Paxi had a little bit of space around her, um, but there was no one else that wasn't really getting, you know, so closely tagged. And so for Daisy to be able to spin around and kick that match-winning goal at the end, which it turns out it was actually the, the highest – uh, margin of defeat that North had had all season, which felt kind of surprising because they felt like they were riding her for the entire game. It didn't ever feel like it was done and won until Daisy really kicked that goal. I loved listening to Daisy this week in her conversation for the good weekend with Marnie Vinyl, and she said this thing, which is just going to replay tomorrow night at the AFLW Awards, no doubt, where she said there's no bigger flex than sitting drinking water on W Awards night. And I just <laughs> loved it. I was like, oh, that. That's one of those things in the mind of an elite athlete that she's picked that up along the way and that she wants to play play out that, you know, that little piece of drama. It's a little bit of cosplay of being, <laughs> <laughs> being in the finals and I really loved it. It was a real insight. It, she always wows me, Daisy, how we hear so much from her, whether it's in post-game, pre-game, whether it's on Jared, whether it's when she's commentating the men's games, but that she always has another gear to bring when she's being asked about her love of football. So that chat I highly recommend. Well, hopefully she'll get another opportunity to celebrate um, on the weekend. Well, you know, hopefully for Melbourne fans anyway but I have to make mention of Jazzy Garner I mean week Mm. after week she 
I, I don't know how she's going to fare in the W Awards. I know the coaches clearly recognised um, her incredible contribution, but she had 24 disposals, you know, nine tackles. She she was in everything and, and you know, bless her. for. I mean, I think she was a big part of why North stayed in touch a lot of the time they did, but that's been true all season. She's mm. an extraordinary player and just a, a real pleasure to watch. My assumption is she wins the W. What do you think, Rana? I think so, for sure. That's where I'd be putting my money if I were a gambler, but I'm not. <laughs> Let's be clear. I don't know what happens to North now, though. They've, they've, I don't know, I feel, really feel for them. Like they have been pushing and this season really felt like the one that was potentially theirs. And so I don't know. I don't know what you do. I'm interested to see what Emma Carney does next season, if she's playing on or not. I do feel for them. I want to see them kind of get there as well. We'll see. If we break the competition up into the haves and the have-nots, who do you put above the line in the haves? Because I definitely have Brisbane and Melbourne, Adelaide in there. Do you have North in there, or are they? Do you, it sounds like you do because I'm not sure. I think they float. They, they sometimes float in the middle for me. Mm, they are. What tips them over for me is that they've had the benefit of time, which I know is not necessarily fair, but in my mind at least, they're, you know, they're one of the early ones. I feel like the way they did recruit early on as well, like they've had enough run up that I put them up in that category. But, you know, they've had a change of coach, so much personnel change. The club itself has been unstable to say the least and I know that that does have an effect on the W teams as well. Uh, So I guess in that way maybe not, but in my mind they're above the line. Do you put Collingwood above the line? I'm going to say no. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say no. I think, I mean, they're really struggling down forward and, I mean, it. you know, Look, let's see what happens with the draft. That that's it. Mm. I have never been sort of more attentive to the draft than I am going into this next year because we've got all eighteen teams. There's a real, it's an open slather in many ways, and you know you will we'll see some advantage to those uh, newer teams will continue. But I feel like there's going to be a lot of movement. I think this Isn't season there a really mark over the draft. I don't know whether they have if they're going to if have they're going to have the draft because oh, they've already what? had it. Yeah, I know. I think we're waiting for what the call is going to be on that, but I'm not sure that there is necessarily going to be a draft. Well, that messes up my whole argument. <laughs> also, can I just ask you this? You said down forward. Do we say up forward and down back or is it down? Is I think it... it depends which end you're standing on when you say it. Also, where were you when you said that? Right which middle. way are you facing? I it's think on the you left. say up forward and you say totally down back. What forward. do you think, Hannah? Totally up forward. I always think north is up, so don't ask me. So which way are the goals? Are the goals north? Sometimes. <laughs> this is such an insight, Nicole. Hey, I am smart about a lot of things, but geography and direction oh, are not so one of them. Funny. I love that when you're talking football, actually you're just standing right in the centre and looking at it like 360. That's amazing. Uh, you, until you've seen me with my father in the old days trying to find our car at VFL Park, you just you have to. It's a, it was a sight to behold. We would have to wait till everyone left. Oh, look, I respect it, Nicole. I'm sitting in the stands, you know, getting distracted by seagulls. So that's how I'm watching the 
happening. Ain't that the truth? It's the chips. (laughs) It is the chips. So on Sunday, uh, we'll all be eating chips down back. While the game's being played on the couch, <laughs> while the game's being played up north, it's um, <laughs> Springfield Sunday. Ch- check your local times because I'm not going to oh. say what time it's on in my world because we're all going to be in different places. I bought tickets to a music festival for Sunday, thinking that the grand final would be on the Saturday. So, fool me, I'll be watching it on my mobile device, which is very frustrating. I've already seen the gorgeous. Um, spiritual couple of the AFLW, which is Connor and Andy, have invited pretty much a whole of Twitter over to the house to watch <laughs> the game in Victoria. Interesting. I'll be really interested to know if you're at the game, like what's the ground look like? I've just seen um, someone from the AFL posting some uh, photos doing a tour of Springfield um, of the stadium and it does look the facilities look amazing but it looks half cooked maybe they're going to get all that work done this week it really does remind me of you know companies coming all of a sudden you start hiding things in cupboards um so monorail all over again <laughs> the sp- i think of the spray is, and wipad oh it's total spray and wipad <laughs> They've got the free broccoli bee there with the spray <laughs> wiping the chairs down. That brings me actually to my to a question that I've got for you. We we talk about home ground advantage, and that is something that is, I mean, it's universal and it's a layover from men's sports where they really do have an advantage. Is this something that we we need to talk about in the women's game, or have we got other traditions that are kind of much more applicable to? the W that we really hope that we never lose. Like there's things that happen in the W that I love and I've, I have seen a conversation this year about the way that they sing the song on the ground at the end of the game and, of course, that's been born out of the fact that the men are, have been in the change rooms previously uh, for women's games and so they haven't been able to sing it in the change rooms. But I kind of love it. I feel like that's something that really it reminds us of where we've come from and I would hate to ever lose that. I really I love seeing that. Are there other traditions that you hope will always keep, Nicole? I'm a big fan of how the W players are so creative about their accessorising, like, you know, with their awesome with their hair and the laces and that they just know how to make it they, you know, they make a point, they may send their message, but also manage to look really cool and distinctive along the way. You know, the boys haven't been as creative about that, the M boys. Um the M boys. <laughs> the M players. They don't, you know, they don't use their hair the way they could. I don't I don't think so. Um that one and probably it's a fan tradition, but changing teams to follow your favorite player. <laughs> That it's is funny. definitely a W yeah. thing. We used to be scathing about that, but I love yeah. that. I love play, I love um, W players on TikTok and also playing pregnant. <laughs> it's just, oh, yeah. hello, Jess Duffin, who played the entire <laughs> season, we've had confirmed, played the entire season pregnant. Rana, what, what do you love that you hope we ne- never lose? This isn't specifically W, but I see the W doing it better than anyone else, which is getting involved with, the community programming at the club. W players all over the league are being hired by the club, participating, turning up. Like by and large, every club I speak to, they say our W players are so engaged and interested in the work we do that's off field and we love it and they're so great to work with and I don't ever want that to change. And I know that's probably a byproduct of when you've been excluded 
from something for so long when you finally are let in you kind of want to be involved in all of it and you're interested in all of it and I don't ever want that to change because it's so lovely Um, and it means so much I know at Richmond the AFLW players turn up to all the wheelchair games and the wheelchair team just feels so supported and loved and they turn up to all the W games like it's just a beautiful community so I don't ever want that to change. I also love and this is related to TikTok the goofiness like the social media (laughs) goofiness that you get from AFLW players there's so much dancing there's so much dancing in the change rooms I just don't see the M boys doing that (laughs) and I do love we've talked about this before but I know there'll be a day when this league becomes professional and they won't need to work but I love the groundedness that comes with that and the just real world perspective that comes with that so I kind of want to keep that. Yeah, I think my other favourite, which is kind of embedded in that, is the fact that they clap back on things, that they actually do say say something. So many players have found their voice in the last two seasons. They're not afraid to use it. They bring something to the landscape that we haven't really seen, that I just don't think we've ever seen with the M players before who are all very one week at a time. Mm. And, and they might be a bit like that when they're in their post game interviews but when they're watching the game from the couch I feel like they tweet as much as we do with their opinions and I really enjoy that here's another one I love wives on the same team (laughs) (laughs) you know these relationships like when you're kicking from a partner to another partner or a wife to a wife it's it just it's breaking down so many stereotypes just right before your very eyes and I I really loved watching that. I'm looking forward to one that hasn't really kicked in yet but you know give it a few years the mother-daughter rule cannot wait to see that. Imagine. Oh my god that just (laughs) gave me so many goosebumps. We've already got little ones running around there so you know 15 or so years let's see what happens. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Craig Stasovich and you're listening to the Outer Sanctum podcast. Now, I know we've got a big game to talk about for the weekend, but I actually want to just backtrack a little bit because seeing as I'm in a room with two hawkers, I am dying to actually just stop and take stock because I haven't had a chance to do this. I want to hear from you. You've had your debut season in the AFLW. How has it been? I want to know your feelings and also what you've learnt from your time in the AFLW so far? Oh, that's such a big question, Rana. I'm not I'm not great at separating my sort of intellect from my emotional when it comes to this conversation. And maybe that's what I've learned is that I'm better at being dispassionate when my team's not playing, which makes me a pretty <laughs> crap football commentator. I think it just reinforced the idea to me that I came to football largely because I wasn't allowed to play. Um, I wanted to play. It was a, a kid who wanted to play and I wasn't allowed to. And my first love, 
after that kind of as a re, as a reaction was was Hawthorne. It wasn't football broadly. It was literally just Hawthorne. And so having um, them play, do the thing I was never able to do, seeing women wearing that jersey, 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 <laughs> whatever it's called. Jumper. Jumper. Um, it has so many layers for me. Um Probably a little bit of sadness too, but but also I was never going to be a professional footballer. That is not a thing. But just even through the through juniors and, and the like, to see the way that um, women's football has taken off and seeing it specifically with all of the teams represented and having you know my colours out there in people who look like me, there's nothing quite like it. But I do have to say it has highlighted the challenges the AFL is going to have around grounds and venues, um, having all of those teams, including mine, having to juggle all of that. I think that has really sort of waved a, a flag and really emphasised one of the challenges that I don't think they're really a long way into um, acknowledge- or into addressing. It concerns me about what the next few seasons are going to look like, given that you can't just magic a ground out of the sky. But I have thoughts about what we could do going forward, which I'll come back to at a later date. Mm, please do. <laughs> Emma. Beautifully said, Nicole. I, there's so many layers to, to this feel to the feeling that I have around this and going into this season I didn't know what the atmosphere or feeling or vibe would be around the team that we were putting together it was it's like when you're putting together an outfit and you go I don't know if that works with that until you see it together and you go oh actually that's going to work out just fine and so now I have a very very strong feeling about what the atmosphere of this team is and I'm so grateful for it because this has been one of the most challenging years I've ever had as a Hawthorne supporter Mm -hmm. and to be honest I don't know how much I would have been able to stick it stick with footy if it wasn't for this team this year and this team has carried the weight of what's been happening at the club on its shoulders and in a lot of cases these women have never worn brown and gold and this is the first time. So I have felt so proud of them and so grateful to them to give me something to really love and to really get behind, feel so indebted to them for the way that they have carried that. And that's coming from the number one ticket holder. Like that's coming from someone so proud and passionate that I can only assume that it has ripples so far beyond people that I know and, and, and experiences that I've felt that I feel so grateful that we're here at this moment to see the history of it happen and unfold. I'll never, ever not be grateful for that. And I feel quite emotional talking about it. After the game that we were all at together on on the weekend, we were talking to us, actually talking to Coach Kiwi, shout out Coach Kiwi, (laughs) who, um, who many people listening to this podcast would know. And she had a friend standing next to her and I said, oh, who do you go for and who were you supporting? And she goes, I don't go for any of these teams. I go for Hawthorne. And it was the first time I think I'd met someone who was like, oh, no, I, I don't go for the Diesel North Melbourne. I go for Hawthorne. And it was at a women's game. And it was just it was just a moment. I was like, oh, because we're in the comp now. You can say that because we're in the yeah. comp now. You don't have to have a second team. You can just love this your team. I'm surprised at how much it hits differently. And I think for the last eight or six seasons or whatever, I've been so passionate about all these other teams and I've been so passionate about the Blues. But as soon as Hawthorne came in, I started saying, when are your team playing <laughs> and <laughs> how are they going <laughs> and my language changed, which I didn't mean to make happen because I still love the Blues as well. 
but Hawthorne's really my team. They're my people. And if a catch wins goal of the year and if Jazzy wins the rising star, I'm going to be an absolute puddle because they are icons of the Hawthorne Football Club already and that's in a season where we only had a handful of wins and so I can't quite imagine what the future's going to hold. It's been an, a really amazing season and also to see Beck coaching again. There's so few women coaching in this competition. It feels so weird. Shout out to Trent Cooper who we all got whiplash when we heard that he's not coaching mm-hmm. next season for Frio and, and that, you know, there's men in this competition that we have so much respect for that have coached so these incredible people so well. But to have Beck and Loz, Arnell and Natalie Wood is just so important and they've all done such a great job. But Beck is such a setter of a vibe and atmosphere and and last week at the Hawks VNF she got out the guitar and had a sing and just thought you're really building something here and she creates something and I'm just so proud of her. Just to kind of reinforce what you just said Em I'll, I'll be completely honest for this is the first year that I've really reconsidered whether I want to be a member of Hawthorne and it is that AFLW team is the reason I still am and will continue to be, frankly. It's, you know, for all the reasons you mentioned, Em. So it is the women that I'm investing my heart and soul into, at least until, you know, some issues can be addressed properly. Yeah, I don't think I could ever walk away from Hawthorne, but that was that's our origin story, that we were about to maybe all walk away because of the way Adam Goods was being treated and instead we started a podcast. In a lot of ways this podcast has done what its intention was, that we've had conversations here that are now sparking other conversations and I think that I'm really proud of that. But it means that I don't feel as there doesn't need to be so much of a tethering to the men's game anymore because mm. I have the women's game as well, which is actually a lovely thing. That's that's what its intention is for. But sometimes it demonstrates all of the gaps and like Nicole says, it reinforces that we weren't able to play and we mm. couldn't see that. There was a moment during the BNF I just leaned over to Lucy and I was quite teary and I said, I just wish I knew what that felt like, what mm. what those players were describing. I wish I knew what that felt like. And it was interesting listening to that Daisy podcast with Marnie Vinyl because actually a lot of times people say to me, well, why didn't you play? Because, you know, Debbie Lee was playing and she's older than me by a couple of years. And Daisy said that she was playing with her boys' team. She didn't know about the Women's League. I didn't know about the Women's League. It was hidden. It it wasn't easy to find. There was no social media. There was no easy access. I lived out in the leafy eastern suburbs. It was not only was it hard to know about it, it was hidden and it wasn't talked about. And that made me feel a bit better because I thought, did I not love it enough? Was I not was I not passionate about it enough? Because I didn't find it even though Debbie Lee and Peter Searle were just right there doing it. So I felt like that conversation with Daisy actually made me feel a bit better about my lack of access to footy as a as a girl. I have another question for you both, and it's sort of tied back to that conversation around traditions we just had. Do you how do you hold that idea of growth and the game progressing alongside the beauty of what it is now and what you've held on to initially to the AFLW? Because so much of what I do love about it is that it sometimes feels like the anti-M and if it then evolves and grows, will it converge and become, a, become the same thing? 
there's a part of me that worries about that. I think about it all the time, actually, Mm -hmm. because my brain doesn't work. I can't just be critical of people without thinking, well, what's the solution? I'm always solution driven. So I think if that my thought process is, well, if the if we're playing the grand final here, what are the positives? What are the negatives? How how would we do it differently? What are the alternatives? And there's something about those white picket fence grounds that I love. That people are so up close. I love the players. I didn't say this in the traditions. I hope we never lose this. But the players spending so much time after the game, after every game, even after a loss, signing people's jumpers and taking photos. You just don't see that at the men's. They're quickly you know, ushered away and put away for another week, whereas the women just give you so much access to them. And so I think those smaller grounds allow for that and that's a tradition that I really love. You know, and I do feel uncomfortable with women's footy at Marvel, even though I did lean over to you guys and say this game at Marvel would be amazing, North and Dees, because the squally winds were playing such an instrumental role in it. You, You just want to have that perfect deck. But it's not an easy, it's not an easy supporter vibe. So I think it is a challenge for the AFL to to keep those things in balance as we grow. I think we've still got maybe another 10 years of it looking a bit like this. But imagine if we come to the end of the next decade and the calibre of people playing and the calibre of the game is like that Adelaide-Brisbane game where every single name across every single line is a potential All-Australian player and the calibre of them is making the game so much better and pushing pushing them forward and pushing the game forward. That's the hope, isn't it, I suppose, Nicole? Yeah, I mean, I think we've already seen some of that because remember in those early seasons with the players being so kind of um, candid after a game and often just saying whatever they were thinking and it gave us a lot of joy um, but probably got them in some trouble over time. And so they've a lot more rehearsed and a lot more one week at a time straight after the game um, as a result of that. And, you know, they just have more media training. Perhaps some of them have gone off to get it themselves or the, you know, the club have been bit the clubs have become more aware of the need to kind of stay on message but then I also think they offset this by um, their social media engagement so the fact that they have that independence and they haven't um, been shut up at, at all and I just don't I think because this generation has come through the way that they have having to fight for what they you know for what they want and having to constantly grind out even the smallest wins um, when it comes to you know working towards equity I hope that that becomes continues to be part of the tradition of being an AFLW player in the way that some sports are just more kind of progressive and more independent. The athletes have been allowed to be more independent. I'm hoping that will continue with the W, at least when they're um, on their own social media anyway, because it it does bring joy and, yes, more dancing. (laughs) I selfishly worry about, because this is very a, a me thing, I guess, but I worry about players who what they've dreamt of is what the men have. Yeah. And I always dream of an AFLW that doesn't need to be in the mould of the men's. And so I always feel conflicted by that because, of course, they deserve to have what the men have. But, yeah, there's a part of me that wants it to be its own unique thing. What's interesting is, though, that the players who, uh, you know, are for Rising Star this year, what they've aspired to is the AFLW that we were watching in the first season so I don't know that that will actually be a self-fulfilling prophecy. As much as, you know, being a professional athlete, I think they probably all want to play each other once. We all want that. I think 
they, you know, they, they would like to have, be paid more. Everyone wants to be paid more. There's new, there's new goals that are being set and there's new aspirations because this younger generation, you know, seven seasons is actually a really long time in the lifespan of a young player. And so thinking about the people who are nominated for the Rising Star this year, they would all cite the players who are currently playing or have Mm. just retired as the people that have sparked that in them and that can only grow. I agree maybe maybe it's the professionalism Maybe it's some of the accoutrement, as she says in a French accent. But I think that's one thing has already changed, which is really exciting. I would love to see them going forward. I'd love to see them all play each other once. I would love to have a final series that is advertised. Like there was no vibe walking to that ground on Saturday. I was in Melbourne and I was saying to people, I have to go because this game's on and people didn't even know. I thought, how is that possible in, in this town if people in this town don't know about it? How is this possible? I know. And I I have to say, like, the media could do a much better job, but they are doing it. And so there is a part of me that wants to say, like, please, people, like, come on, get up. Get up your seats. Now, that's rich coming from me because I've also been in T20 land. So I do get it. But, there, yeah, there is a part of me that's like we also have to lean into the hoopla of it all as well if we want it to succeed. Do you like and it being at this time? I do, but I had this conversation with someone the other day where it does feel like, I mean, this year specifically because of the T20 World Cup, um, but then there's also WBBL, like we're all just kind of now going into our lanes and it feels like you can't support one or more than one sport. And so you do just kind of pick a lane and go with that. And so I've, you know, I found it really hard to follow the W while I've also been working on and enjoying the World Cup, the Cricket World Cup. So while I like it in this time slot and it makes sense, I do worry that actually that's what's going to happen now which I guess was always the case, but I've always been very much like I've had my winter sport and I've had my summer sport and now that's totally thrown up in the air and I don't really know what to do with that and I don't know how to think through that as an administrator. What does that mean, especially when women's sport is up against other women's sport? It does divide the fan base. I don't know. What do you think, Nick? It turned out better than I thought it was going to. I was a bit concerned, you know, that there would be massive injuries and all kinds of um, ongoing challenges. Back-to-back is clearly not an ideal situation and having a new season, you know, a year later is good, but I feel like it needs to be brought forward a bit more. I'd like it to run alongside the M season, at least the, the second part or maybe the first part. I think that when they're fixturing, they need to fixture the AFL-M and the W at the same time so that they can they're actually factoring in all of those and and also the grand final should be fixtured fixtured well in advance I would be happy for for a neutral ground but um maybe if they just have to you know they set up the ground long in advance like they do with the NFL so that if it, it might happen to be a local team that ends up playing or not but you know well in advance there are packages there are, you know there's promotion people can travel you can do you know a uh, whole sort of touristy things around it. States can get behind, their tourism board can get behind it. If they know well in advance like they do the M, I don't want it at the MCG every year like that, but it can be done well in advance like they do with the NFL. And can you imagine if they put all of that energy into just at least that's the one thing that we know, right? Of course, 
fight finals can be taken based on home ground advantage and all, and how the season plays out but the grand final is the thing we're all heading towards it we know where it's going to be and we know when it's going to be even just by valuing that it sends a message to other people to value it and i you know that would be my first call and whether they did that leading into the finals where that was right before our finals the grand final landing on the bye week for example maybe that's a way to do it I I think it's good in winter I think it's good to have it roughly around now but um, whether it needs as you say having to compete with cricket is really tricky. I like it in this time slot and I would be even happy Nicole if they whoever finished on top of the ladder they get the grand final regardless of whether they're in it or not that sounds crazy, but it feels the fairest way. Then you would at least have a couple of weeks. I looked up flights. <laughs> I looked up flights to try and get to Queensland just in case. And it's about $2,000. And I'd leave at 6am and wouldn't get back till 10 o'clock at night. And that was just going up and back in a day. And that's obviously from Victoria. So it's a bit different, but I would love to be able to go to every grand final. And, you know, it's not a huge outlay once you're there. The tickets don't cost very much and you would assume that there will be seats. But that would be really fun, wouldn't it, that we all knew and then there would be packages and we could go and have a weekend. We could have a footy trip, you know, the whole all these different people could get together. It could be something that you do at the end of your season. It would be an awesome thing to do. So I would love to see that set, but I don't actually know how you do it. Probably mm-hmm. book something in advance. And I know that Guns N' Roses got in before and they have more luggage than the AFLW players, but uh, that needs to be addressed for next season. And I'm sure that they're going to look at that, you would imagine. So going into the grand final, we have to wrap this up, but uh, who's your tip? Who do you like, Rana? Oh, I can't see how Brisbane Lions don't win this, which breaks my heart because then we are faced with Daisy Pierce not winning again. I don't know if I could stomach that, um, but I really think that this is the, this is the Lions win this year. But I'm just hoping it's a good contest, as I always do, and a good game, and that's all I want to see. Just really take it to them. The rest will be history. Nicole, I'm going to ask you, but you've been on the moon <laughs> since the start. You know, you guys, I don't think you recognise how rare it is for me to get tipping right. So, like, <laughs> let's just take a minute and acknowledge that I got it right a really long time ago. Uh, yes, it would come as no surprise to anyone that I am tipping Brisbane. However, the daisy factor is real and I suspect that we will see a much stronger uh, Melbourne show up than we did on the weekend. My money if I were a betting person and I am not, would be on Brisbane. But grand finals are their own special thing. So these fans do not give up hope. There is plenty more where they – there's plenty more to come from them. Brisbane, just, but I reckon, as you say, Rana, great contest. Yeah, it's a challenging one to to look past Brisbane, but Melbourne are still on that winning streak, so that's pretty amazing. And I did hear on the uh, Credit to the Girls podcast this week, I love the way Gemma Bastiani said the way that Mixed Near throws the magnets around uh, is actually, it has been game-changing this season and Melbourne have found gears and done things that I've never seen other teams do and they may just have Brisbane's number if anyone can. Dakota Davidson for me is someone that you cannot let Dakota off. Uh, you know, if if Dakota has a day out, 
I feel like that can change the temperature of a whole game. We know that it's really hard to shut down Courtney Hodder and, I mean, Jess oh gosh, and Jess Wardlaw. <laughs> actual leading goal kicker, yeah. Yeah, we haven't even talked about Emily Bates. <laughs> but uh, I think Melbourne are going to have to dig in and I imagine they're going to throw absolutely everything. They're going to throw Elon Musk's kitchen sink at it. So <laughs> it's going to be an absolute cracker. And we will be back next week with our final pod for the year which is very exciting we're all pretty weary to be honest but i think it's time for us to get out of here there's only one thing left to say my lady loves and that is go, go footy. Footy. footy and go days. <laughs>